0: To, 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 to your number one radio station This is 106.1 KALAFM I'm your host of Midweek Musings, Evie Breitbach. Hello everybody and welcome back to Midweek Musings. My name is Evie, your host, and if you're new here, I'm so happy you decided to listen. To my returners, thank you for coming back week after week <laughs> despite everything <laughs> anyways we are in the second episode of season three or episode 24 overall and again here i am recording over winter break so by the time you hear this it's going to be almost february which is kind of crazy to think about oh my god no we are not in this second episode We are in the third episode of season three. Last week we discussed an extremely controversial debate if there's more wheels or doors in the world, and I actually was able to have my lovely sister Chloe on as my first ever guest on the podcast. So if you want to hear us get heated about wheels versus doors, I recommend you go back to last week's episode and listen. But this week the topic is going to be a bit more complicated than all that because I wanted to discuss an issue that has recently come to a head in the modern world that issue being artificial intelligence. And more specifically, I want to get into deepfakes and chatbots. There's actually going to just be a lot in this, so strap in. Okay, let's start with the basics, since I never want to assume my listeners are already experts in any given subject. Artificial intelligence, or AI for short, was the term coined in the 1950s and It is the intelligence of machines or software, as opposed to the intelligence of human or animals. It is a field of study in computer science that develops and studies intelligent machines. AI programming focuses on cognitive skills that include the following. Learning, for one. And this aspect of AI programming focuses on acquiring data and creating rules for how to turn it into actionable information. The rules, which are called algorithms, provide computing devices with step-by-step instructions for how to complete a specific task. The second part of AI programming includes reasoning, which focuses on choosing the right algorithm to reach a desired outcome. So the AI would choose the rule, basically, that, that you created for it. The third aspect of AI programming is called self-correction, which is designed to continually... continually fine tune algorithms and ensure they provide the most accurate results possible. And then finally, creativity. This aspect of AI uses neural networks, rules based systems, statistical methods, and other AI techniques to generate new images, new text, new music, and new ideas. Completely original. And that, my friends, is the scariest part. (laughs) More most often, AI is referred to as a component of a given technology. Like how Photoshop can use AI to remove certain things from your photos. Does that make sense? It's not necessarily always a, an entity that operates completely on its own, it's usually built into a different application. AI requires a foundation of specialized hardware and software for writing and training machine learning algorithms. In general, AI systems work by ingesting large amounts of labeled training data, analyzing the data for correlations and patterns and using these patterns to make predictions about future states. So for example, if you're working with the type of AI that is called a chatbot, which is essentially a computer you can have a conversation with, this chatbot will be fed examples of human conversations so that it can learn and generate its own conversations with people in the future. And it's not exactly like people are sitting here training these AIs like dogs and like feeding it p- like examples like <laughs> a text that says hello world draw me a picture, I don't what am I saying? The AIs grab these examples from the entire internet. They have the entire internet worth of words to use as examples. And so basically chatbots in particular, but a lot of AI, is what we have made them based on our past work and based on what we've put on the internet. AI is actually, as scary as it may be, it's very important to how it can potentially change our society. It has been used so far to automate tasks that were previously carried out by humans, including customer service work, fraud detection, and quality control. In a number of areas, AI has performed better than humans have ever performed, particularly when it comes to detail-oriented tasks such as analyzing large numbers of legal documents. AI tools often complete jobs quickly and with very little error. It's really good at looking at at a lot of things, (laughs) which is why I mentioned the legal documents. But it's also super efficient and consistent and doesn't need breaks. Like how human employees would have to take a break to eat and sleep. AI can work around the clock and it doesn't care because it's not alive. That all sounds really great. But there's also several disadvantages about the initial use of AI. For example, it's expensive and hard to code. Obviously. (laughs) Obviously. It doesn't know. Like, they have to pay people a very large amount of money to code these AI things, and there's not a lot of people who can do it yet. I'm sure that'll probably solve itself in the next few years, though, because people are going to be training for it. And in addition to that, AI does not know how to generalize from one task to the next. Like, if you said to look through this data set for all the number, all the times the number 10 is mentioned, but then you also need that done with a bunch of other data sets, you would have to tell it specifically to do that for each one. Whereas with a human, you could just hand them a stack and just say, like, look for the number 10. W- a human would just know that that's what you're supposed to do. AI cannot really assume and obviously, that's a super, super rudimentary example that I just made up, but you get the point. In addition, it eliminates human jobs, which can be a plus in some ways, but it's also a very big minus because it's getting rid of a lot of jobs that people need. And a lot of times, people that have these really tedious jobs that can be done by machines, a lot of times they That's the only job they can have, you know, for whatever reason. So obviously this comes up a lot whenever like a new technology is invented. Even things like when a factory started becoming more automated, that was a big deal. But it's always important to consider how that could affect real people. And then another big issue with AI is that it reflects the biases of the training data at scale, which is kind of a complicated way of saying that AI is basically going to see our own human biases as truth because it doesn't know any better for example a while back there was this issue with chat gpt which for those of you who are unfamiliar with it is a chat bot that is used to have a conversation with a computer and ask it questions so people will type to chat gpt like they can have a conversation or they can ask it a question and it will scour the entire internet within a matter of seconds or less and get you an answer but there was an issue because ChatGPT actually said some pretty racist things, which I'm not going to repeat. Yeah, because that would be super bad. <laughs> it said some pretty racist things because it was learning from the internet, which unfortunately has a lot of racist content on it. So that kind of thing is kind of unavoidable because how do you tell it <clears throat> like right from wrong? It doesn't know. It just assumes everything it sees is the truth. And then finally, AI will always, always, always... And it better always lack the human touch. And that's what I like to call the thing, the undefinable quality that makes art art, that makes music music and literature literature. It's what we feel when we watch a movie that wrenches our heartstrings. It's what we feel when we watch a performance of somebody singing their heart out. It's what we feel when we see other people feeling Emotion, empathy, and the ability to feel will never be a trait that AI possesses, and therefore it's unable to deliver products that are relatable and personal. And in the words of my mom, she said, why would I read something written by AI because if, why would I read something that nobody could even be bothered to write? And I think that's a really good point because if you're having ai write something for you it means that you don't care enough to write it so why should somebody care enough to read it i want to talk about some like real world applications of ai just so that i don't seem all doom and gloom because there really are like really good like uses for ai that have proven to be helpful so for one in healthcare it can be used to make better and faster medical diagnoses and and complete administrative processes such as like paperwork and stuff like that and then predict and fight outbreaks. It's real people that we're dealing with, so it makes me feel like it should be a person that helps them. You know what I mean? Because it's like the AI can know what the correct answer is, but it doesn't know like how much that could hurt somebody, you know? Like it's it's going to do the thing. If you've ever seen any Marvel movies, you'll know that a big struggle of theirs The Avengers, particularly, is always to make the decision between saving the most people or working on saving the one person. And the reason that the Avengers are like the good guys is because they care about the individual person. And like if they see a person struggling, they will help that person rather than thinking about how can we kill 400 people to save 500 people. You know, they don't want to kill a single person. And that's what I think is the difference between a human healthcare provider and an AI healthcare provider because I don't think the AI necessarily cares because it doesn't have emotions, you know? But anyways, in business, AI can be used for analytics and customer relationship management to help better understand customers and all that kind of thing. I think that's actually a pretty good and harmless way to use AI because I think that could be a helpful way to just like keep track of marketing and like customer preferences and stuff stuff like that and I also know that I've used online like AI (laughs) chatbots on like websites for stores um, instead of talking to an actual customer service rep online which usually doesn't work super well just because my question is usually one that it doesn't understand it'll be like here's the two answers I have and then the third option is like talk to an actual customer service rep which I usually select because they know what to do because they know what to do and the AI can only really tell me like the answer to commonly asked questions you know. Um, but yeah otherwise I actually think that's not a bad way to use AI. In education AI can be used to automate grading, adapt to student needs, detect plagiarism and then obviously the big The big part is students using AI to help them with their assignments. I have so many issues with this because as an English major who specifically does creative writing, it's really frustrating when people refuse to write just because AI does it. I had somebody tell me last school year that I should change majors because AI was going to take over the field that I was going into and so I'd become obsolete. I refuse to believe that. Because have you seen what AI writes? It's so bad. And like I get that it's probably going to get better because that's usually how technology works. But it was lacking any and all personal connection, emotion, just yeah. And again, why would I read something that nobody could even be bothered to write, you know? I just don't think AI really has a place in the classroom because how are we learning? Unless, here's where I think it's okay. If you want to use it for research purposes and instead of like searching online you just ask a chatbot the same question that you'd put into a search engine I think that's legit because it's giving you the same results anyways as as you would normally get just googling it's still just I don't know I'm afraid that people are going to try to replace learning and teaching with artificial intelligence and I think it's going to become very dystopian if that ever happens so I pray that it doesn't. In law, AI has been used to sift through documents, automate manual labor of paperwork, and predicting outcomes. I think, you know, if it wants to do the manual labor and the tedium, that's fine. I don't know what predicting outcomes is about, but I don't like the sounds of it. Because it sounds like it could get really dicey really fast. And I feel like there could be racism and sexism and just a whole lot of isms. And in the words of Ferris Bueller, don't be an ism. <laughs> Thank you very much. But I'm serious. I just think that's pretty problematic. Because again, AI does not care about the individual. It cares about what's right. As in, correct. Not necessarily what's right, you feel. In entertainment and media, the entertainment business has been using AI techniques for targeted advertising recommending content detecting fraud creating scripts and making movies automated journalism has even helped newsrooms streamline media workflows reducing time and cost and complexity no that's all i have to say is no i don't want to read a news article written by ai because i don't care like i don't i know that news is already a pretty straightforward like way to write because I also indeed write for a newspaper and I've been there but I just already know that that AI is going to be like six people died three people were injured instead of like sadly six people were you know what I mean oh my god it's so just sad to think about the media business going the way of AI you don't like they don't need to they literally don't need to I think you guys get my point but anyways there's many more uses of AI. I just wanted to include several examples so we can kind of see why we're even bothering with it in the first place because a lot of people assume that AI is only used to like generate text conversations because all they've heard of is ChatGPT, GPT and it's it's used in so many more ways than that. While AI has recently taken the world by storm I think it's important to know that it's been developing for a long time. So let's take a moment to look at AI throughout History, if you will. It's time for a little bit of history. So in the 1940s, a mathematician at Princeton conceived the architecture for the store-programmed computer. The idea that a computer's program and its data and its processes can be kept in the computer's memory. In the 1950s, the modern computers... With modern computers, scientists could test their ideas about machine intelligence, and one method for determining whether a computer was intelligent was devised by the British mathematician and World War II codebreaker Alan Turing. The Turing test focused on the computer's ability to fool interrogators into believing its responses were made by a human being. And that sounds a lot like AI today, I'm not going to lie. In 1956, the modern field of artificial intelligence is widely cited as starting this year, during a summer conference at Dartmouth College. In the 50s and 60s, in the wake of this Dartmouth College conference, leaders in the fledgling field of AI predicted that a man-made intelligence equivalent to the human brain was around the corner, which attracted a lot of government and industry support. Nearly 20 years of well-funded basic research generated significant advances in AI, By the late 1950s, two scientists named Newell and Simon published the general problem solver, GPS, algorithm, which fell short of solving complex problems, but laid out the foundations for developing more sophisticated cognitive architectures. This momentum continued throughout the 70s and 80s. Um, And then in the 90s, the IBM Deep Blue machine defeated Russian chess grandmaster Gary kasparov becoming the first computer program to defeat a world chess champion so this is the first time that we're seeing computers become better at things than humans in the 2000s speech recognition computer vision and deep learning gave rise to products and services that have shaped the way we live today and this includes the 2000 launch of Google's search engine and the 2001 launch of amazon's recommendation engine Netflix developed its recommendation system for movies, Facebook introduced a facial recognition system, and Microsoft launched a speech recognition system for transcribing speech into text. IBM then launched Watson, which is a very famous AI which helps with healthcare things, and Google started its own self-driving initiative. A lot happened in the 2000s apparently. Then in the 2010s, There was a steady stream of AI developments. There was the launch of Siri and Alexa and Watson's victories on Jeopardy, self-driving cars, the development of the first-generative adversarial network, the launch of TensorFlow. If you don't know what all these things are, I literally, like, this is going to be too long if I explain all of them, so just pick, like, listen to the parts that you know here at this point. Google's open-source deep-learning framework, the founding of the research lab OpenAI. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things happened this year too, or these years. And then in the 2020s, generative AI actually was introduced where you can give a prompt to an AI entity and it can form a brand new text, image, video, design, musical thing, or whatever you ask it to. And then obviously the chatbot. So... Yeah, we have a lot of new things in the past 20 years, but AI has been developing since the 1950s, which is crazy because I thought it was new. I I probably would have said it was invented in like 2004, 2005, something like that, or maybe like 1990, not the 1950s though. So as you can probably tell, I'm personally not a huge fan of AI, and I I do think maybe if I understood it more, I would like it more, but... <sighs> I just wish that I didn't have to be so afraid that I would become obsolete as a human being, you know, and I feel like a lot of people probably feel the same as me. I know I said I don't think AI will ever replace the arts, but I'm still afraid that it will be better at being me than I am, like, that it will be better at painting and writing and all the things I love to do than me, and it's really frustrating to think about, like, all the time that I spent, like, you know, trying to get better at these things and an AI can just do it in a second I hate that so so much and maybe I'm just jealous maybe that's what it is I'm also afraid of how hard it is to tell when some like nowadays that when something was created by humans or by technology and I'm scared that in the future people won't even care enough to know or to ask you know like maybe the next generation won't care whether a social media post was created by AI or by a person. Because I generally don't care, like, which human made it, you know, so maybe they won't even care if it's a human made thing or a tech made thing, which is terrifying. But that brings me to this last portion of the episode where I want to discuss a particular corner of AI that's concerning to me, which is deepfakes. So, a deepfake, for those of you who are unfamiliar, is a video of a person in which their face or body has been digitally altered so that they appear to be someone else, which is typically used maliciously to spread false information. I would say this expands to include vocal deepfakes as well as visual deepfakes. For example, you're scrolling along on your social media and you see a funny video of, say, Tom Cruise. People, if you know, you know. (laughs) And he's doing something out of the ordinary. You're surprised and confused, but shrug it off. Turns out that Tom Cruise video is actually just a guy who is using AI to alter his face and body in post production to look exactly like Tom Cruise, exactly like him. So this this all started out as an innocent experiment, but the trend of deep fakes is so so concerning to me. For example, one time I was just like scrolling on Instagram and I found this video of Taylor Swift singing a song that I'd never heard before, and I was like, "Whoa, she put out a new song. That's crazy. How did I miss this?" I didn't miss it because it was fake. It was not her at all and it wasn't her voice. It was all AI generated. That's literally terrifying to me. It's unsettling and creepy and like, imagine somebody using that against you. Like, they could create a video of me saying something illegal or wrong or bad or mean and, you know, blow it up and I would look like a horrible person and I wouldn't even be able to prove it was fake because it's literally a video of you. Like, how can you fight that, you know? So... Yeah, I know the structure of this episode was a little bit different than we usually do. Didn't really answer a question. I more so just discussed AI and that's okay. It's the midweek musings method. I just want to wrap up the episode now because I think I've said everything I need to say before I get like too up in my high horse about AI because I really do recognize that it is great technological advancement and it's important it's important to us as a society and I'm sure it'll do lots of great things but right now I'm pretty terrified of it and I'm going to continue to be terrified of it until I can be for certain that it's not going to take over the world you know so anyways with that I bid you adieu and I highly recommend you come back for next week's episode. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much, but it is building off of this one. It's going to be related to AI, but it's also going to be a Valentine's Day special. So I'll let you sit with that for the next seven days until you listen to next week's episode because you're going to, of course. Thank you everybody for listening and I'll see you next time on Midweek Musings. Midweek Musings airs at 6.30 every Wednesday night on 106.1 FM in the Quad Cities area, but you can also find it on Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts.